Yeah, very good morning to you. How are you? It's uh, Wednesday the 13th, 13th of December 2023. A very mild morning here in Salford. It's dry so far, but we've had a number weather warning. Yes, dystopia everywhere. Warnings, amber Warnings, green, terror, we're green, we're amber, we're brown. A terror attack is imminent. The weather is amber, it might rain heavy, you might need to take a Macintosh. A Macintosh, God be with the days. How are you doing anyway? You well? You're good, you're good, okay. Let's do the papers then. I love it. Let's look at the Metro. Rishi saves his bacon is the headline. And this is all about the drama, as is, uh, it has been called drama. In the British press today, the vote last night in the House of Commons on Rishi Sunak's Rwanda proposals. And he he got his bill through the Commons only because, well, a few dozen Tory MPs abstained. These were Tory MPs who threatened, who had threatened to vote against his bill, his Rwanda bill, right? Where he gets to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. And Tory rebels had said they couldn't support it because it doesn't go far enough. But they abstained. So they didn't vote against, but they didn't vote for. But it meant he passed the Commons. His bill passed the Commons. But um, he has a tough battle to get it through Parliament next year, say, the papers. So that's the Metro. Financial Times, Sunak heads off right-wing revolt to win vote on Rwanda migration bill. It's everywhere today. The front page of the Daily Mail. Sunak sees off the Tory Rwanda rebels for now. And there is a photograph of a model or a former model on the front page of the Daily Mail. And alongside her is a photograph of Tom Cruise. We love Tom Cruise. God, we love Tom Cruise's films. He might be as mad as a box of frogs, Tom. With the old Scientology and the old don't scream when you're in labour. Maybe there's nothing mad about that. Maybe that's you know, maybe that's a good idea, maybe. But L. Ron Hubbard, a grifter, if ever there was one. You know, Scientology and all of that. Mad stuff. The missus, her mum, years ago in France, had a particularly difficult time in her life. Monique is the, the missus' mother, my mother-in-law. Great woman, great lady. Gregarious lady, great French woman. And years ago, Monique, when she wasn't um, in the best of form, she went to Scientology and she ran out of there after about 25 minutes. <laughs> when they um, attempted to to do that test they do, that weird test where they look at the meters and all of that old shit. So she said, no, no, mon dieu, mon dieu. And off she ran. Said no thanks to that. They've got offices everywhere. In fact, if you're on Dean's Gate in Manchester and you walk along Dean's Gate, there is a Scientology office. There's never anybody in there. But anyway. Anyway. The Eye Paper, Sunak survives Rwanda revolt to set up New Year's showdown with Tory rebels. Yeah, this is getting boring. What about the front page of The Guardian? Sunak avoids major rebellion over Rwanda deportation bill for now. He avoids major rebellion for now. Also on the front page of The Guardian, Israel losing support over Gaza bombing, says Biden again. I have to say it. I know you're bored of me saying it. How could Biden say that? And in the same instance, send thousands and thousands of more tank shells. I mean, really? 
As the Daily Telegraph, Sunak faces down Rwanda rebels. Yawn. Yawn. And the Times. Sunak survives Rwanda revolt, but it ain't over. Yet the Daily Mirror, the nightmare after Christmas is the headline. The Daily Express, victory for PM, mutiny over Rwanda plan, fades away for now. And thank God the Daily Star is the only newspaper that decides to forego any mention of the Commons vote last night. The 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 headline on the front page of the Daily Star is they think it's all comb over. <laughs> the worst hairstyle in the world is back as one in five go for a Donald Trump. What does that even mean? Well, apparently one in five of us losing our hair so one in five of us who've had to deal with the tragedy of male pattern baldness is apparently opting for a Donald Trump rather than opting for a BBG. It's, I don't get too many opportunities to refer to myself in the third person. But when I started thinning on top in my mid to late 20s, you know what I did, dear listener? I said, well, c'est la vie. I shrugged my shoulders and I went to the local Chinese Emporium, which is a shop that has everything in it. If you haven't got a Chinese Emporium in your neighbourhood, you're missing out. It's astonishing, really. People have gone in there for years trying to trip up the Chinese, asking for the most obscure of things, thinking, I've caught the bastards. They won't have this, but they always do. Doesn't matter what you ask them for. Pack of playing cards. Yes, we do. Um, a weird fixture for my lights in my living room. Yes, we do. The Chinese have it all. They make it all. They've got it all. So when I started sinning on top into a Chinese emporium and I bought a Clippers for £1.50. <laughs> Last of the big spenders. Plugged it in and off came the remainder of my hair. And that's the way it's been. I've never been vain about my hair. But yeah, people are going for comb-overs now. The late and truly great Sir Bobby Charlton had the mother of all comb-overs, didn't he? In the late 60s and early 70s, yes. Big Ernie McCracken. Big Ernie McCracken. Ten-pin bowling legend. United States fictional character played by Bill Murray. Wonderful comb-over. I, for one, welcome the comb-over. But I don't think these days I've got... I don't think I could grow enough hair now in order to to create a comb over effect i think the boat is even you know the ship my ship has that, that that ship has left anyway that's the papers at least the front pages of the papers in any case let's look inside this is the papers i'm richie allen it is 3 minutes past 7 right now as i record this was the covid science wrong what the sunak documents tell us this is inside the telegraph at the COVID inquiry this week, Sunak made a striking admission. The Prime Minister pointed out that, based on analysis by Imperial College and Manchester University, the costs of lockdown are likely to be greater than the benefits. Surprise, surprise! The moment it hits you between the eyes... Well, we know this. We know this. So why is the Telegraph telling us this? Well, the Telegraph is pointing out, in its own roundabout way, that the COVID inquiry is a load of bollocks. Because while Sunak did, yes, he did indeed point out, 
that the research by Imperial College and by Manchester University found, and this has been peer-reviewed, uh, it's research based on quality-adjusted life years, by the way, which is the measure used by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, um, which looked at whether any health intervention is worth the, you know, the later price, and it found no. Okay, the report warned the treating possible future COVID-19 deaths as if nothing else matters would lead to very bad outcomes, which we have already seen. This has come to pass, right? So let me just put this into context for you and let me give it to you um, in a less confusing way. This was a report in August 2020 by NICE, National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, right? Uh, Working with Imperial College and Manchester University. And it warned that the outcomes would be far worse. Um, locking down would lead to far worse outcomes than, than benefits, basically, in terms of lives saved. And he mentioned this in his evidence uh, this week at the COVID inquiry. And he was shut down immediately by Hugo Keith, the leading barrister, the guy asking all the questions, the KC. said he wasn't interested in it. He said, quote, he didn't want to get into quality life assurance models. As the Telegraph is pointing out today, effectively the COVID inquiry is a whitewash. Because when, even when witnesses say, well look, it's obvious now that the lockdown was a terrible thing and it shouldn't really have happened and it has led to worse outcomes, the inquiry turns a deaf ear to it. Something we predicted when they announced the inquiry. All that time ago, the inquiry was of course announced by Boris Johnson when he was Prime Minister, you might remember. Let's look inside the Times ultra-processed foods hijacking children's taste buds. This is campaigners, chefs have come together, authors, celebrity chefs have come together to say that ultra-processed food is, quote, blindfolding children to flavour and texture and posing long-term risks to their health. Again, surprise, surprise. So some of these celebrity cooks and authors include Thomasina Mears, B. Wilson, Yotam Otelengi, Kimberly Wilson and Hugh Fernley Whittingstall and they've written to Rishi Sunak to say that exposure to ultra-processed foods is doing great damage to children. Ultra-processed foods which include cereals, breakfast cereals, mass-produced bread, potato-based snacks like Pringles and many types of cakes and biscuits, high in salt and sugar, containing additives, additives, excuse me, emulsifiers and preservatives. These are typically high in calories, but they lack fibre and nutrients. They are ruining children in terms of the, in, in the future. Children will not be able to enjoy taste, texture and flavour. And these products, says Rob Percival, head of food policy at the Soil Association, They are hijacking children's taste buds. He says the products are often soft and sweet and children who grow up on ultra-processed diets are left blindfolded to the joys and complexity of real food. Too few of them know the taste of bitter greens or the nutty flavour of beans and lentils or have felt the crunch of a tomato bursting on their tongue. So this um, is a big campaign. They want Sunak to ensure that a million extra children in education get access to five portions of fruit and veg a day using a whole school approach to good food with sensory education and better school meals. My only problem with this um, w- w- would would be the corporate um, 
angle. This would be my problem. My problem would be that this might be a way to get genetically modified ingredients into children, into the diet effectively, via the back door. Um, I'm going to talk about this on the Richie Allen Show really soon because it's huge, you know, because I believe a lot of these campaigners are genuine. I believe a lot of these chefs are genuine. Their, their, their motives are pure. Yes, it's terrible. The things children are eating on a daily basis, we need to do something else. But I believe that it could be used as a backdoor entry for biotech companies to get food into children that have been genetically modified. And I think that's a whole other uh, can of worms. And I want to get into that on The Richie Allen Show. The Daily Mail will stay with health for a moment. The paper's not great today, but there are some interesting health stories. Do you imbibe? Do you have a tipple of an evening? Is it wine? Well, if it's wine, you might want to listen to this. The pesticides in your Pinot Grigio. Pesticides. Study reveals more than half of wines sold on the British High Street contain toxic chemicals. This is really alarming. More than half. Now, I do like a glass of red wine, but I haven't had a glass of red wine for some time. I ordinarily have a cold beer or I have a Bacardi, but I do like a glass of wine. The future Mrs. Allen is teetotal. She used to drink, doesn't drink anymore. So unsuspecting members of the public could be sipping down toxic chemicals as they enjoy their favourite tipple this Christmas, according to the Daily Mail. That's because wines sold on the British High Street by the likes of Sainsbury's, Marks and Spencer and Asda contain cancer-causing pesticides, a study shows. In a government lab analysis of 72 wines, researchers found the majority, the majority, 49 out of the 72, contained traces of at least one pesticide, while one wine in particular, a white called Fetiasca Regala, from Romanian company Cremele Ricas, I probably pronounced that wrong, but it reads Cremelli Ricas. That's the Romanian company. Its wine, Fetiasca Regala, contained six different pesticides. Jesus wept. Overall, 19 pesticides were discovered, including six linked to the development of cancers. And the results of the government residue testing programme have been collated and analysed by a group called PAN-UK, which stands for Pesticide Action Network, UK and it is a non-profit organisation based in Brighton its head researcher is a guy called Nick Mole and he said wine lovers shouldn't have to risk exposure to an array of hazardous pesticides when they fancy a tipple the organic wine sector is flourishing proving that it is 100% possible to produce wine without relying on toxic chemicals due to a large demand for wine or a huge demand for wine pesticides are sprayed on grape vines by growers to keep away pests that damage crops such as insects and fungi. However, the toxic chemicals can contaminate the soil, remain on the grapes and end up in the finished product. And as this guy Mole told the Daily Mail, the real issue is you cannot tell by sight, taste or smell whether there are pesticide residues in your wine. Hmm. I find that red wine even if I only have two glasses of it, gives me a stinking headache. And maybe it's down to the sulfates contained within the wine, I don't know. But that's a really important human interest story uh, today, isn't it, in the Daily Mail. Yeah. The Telegraph. Now, this is everywhere today. Um, 
In fact, the broadcasters are all over this this morning. He knows at COP28, it's a massive conference in Dubai, 200 countries represented, activists are there demanding that something is done about the climate crisis, journalists, and they're basically, they get together every year to reach some consensus, you know, and hopefully the consensus will become law in individual countries on how we can avert the worst effects of climate change. Well, a new draft of the current deal at COP28 has uh, called, and they're talking about this this morning, as I've said, for transitioning away from fossil fuels. That will be the crux of the text, but but environmental campaigners and climate evangelicals are melting down because they don't want the term transitioning away they demanded that phasing out or phase out would be in the text, but the document does not mention phase out. Uh, phase out was demanded by most Western nations. So there's a lot of um, angst, a lot of angst amongst the climate evangelical loonies. So the COP28 presidency released the proposed text of a final climate deal today that would for the first time push nations to transition away from fossil fuels to avert the worst effects of climate change. But as I've said, not phase out. But if you listen to some broadcasters this morning, they're saying that the text could be amended today, that these are 11th hour talks as the COP28. You know, it's 10 to midnight, it's two minutes to midnight because the conference is winding down. So, uh, yeah, we'll watch that one closely and uh, we'll leave that one there for now. The Mirror then, first world problems. This made me laugh. Do you live in Morecambe in Lancashire? Christmas tree in town centre is so pathetic that locals add their own baubles. There you go. (laughs) And the Mirror has pictured the Christmas tree, which was erected by the local authority in Morecambe. Um, in fact, it was erected by Morecambe Business Improvement District outside the Arndale Shopping Centre there. But it does look god-awful and miserable and decrepit. Um, locals said, we're not having it, it's disgraceful. The local authority and the Morecambe Business Improvement District said, well, it's the same tree that we put up last year. <laughs> it's a Norwegian fir, according to the Mirror. I love this Christmas stuff, I really do. I love how the media takes people's tweets. It scours Twitter for outrage and then turns outrage into stories. And um, they're annoyed because Lancaster, nearby Lancaster, has been given an ice rink, a Ferris wheel and a tippy bar for Christmas in the town centre. But in Morecambe they got this absolutely terrible tree. I have to say the trees in Manchester and in Salford are resplendent. They are fantastic. And speaking of Morecambe, I mentioned on the papers yesterday, because it made me laugh, Tyson Fury, world heavyweight champion, was summoned to court, wasn't he, over a council tax bill. Yes. According to The Sun, Tyson Fury ordered to pay £100,000 in business tax, despite illiterate dad taking stand to defend him. Business tax, that's right. He was dealt a knockout blow, according to The Sun. He was ordered to pay nearly £100,000 in unpaid business tax, despite his, quote, illiterate, unquote, dad taking the stand to plead his innocence. It was to do with a bit of land 
owned by the Furies that was rented out as a car park. Business tax wasn't paid. Tyson didn't show up. He sent his dad uh, in his defence. His dad pleaded illiteracy. Well, I don't know what's going on. And my son had nothing to do with it. We've had this land for years, blah, blah, blah. Just made me laugh, this, you know. So it's a bit of Del Boy, really. Bit of Del Boy. No income tax, no VAT. We have a bit of land. We rent it out as a car park. Somebody turns up and says, you know... You've got to pay business rates there, and they plead ignorance. Makes me laugh. Gotta love the traveller. I love the travellers, me. Nobody does deals like the travellers. <laughs> I've had loads of dealings with travellers over the years. I've bought stuff from travellers. I've sold stuff to them. The travellers amuse me. I've got friends who are travellers. I genuinely do. And they're, um, they're well, they're a low unto themselves, the travellers. <laughs> and they are a protected group, by the way, so be careful what you say about them. You might find yourself being done for a hate speech. Brilliant. Remember Brad Pitt in um, in Snatch, the the film made by Guy Ritchie. I I know one or two travellers exactly like like that guy. As uh, the Guardian, finally, I think, finally for today, I think, I'll have a look at the BBC News website in a moment. The Guardian calls Grove for Bibby Stockholm Barge to close after apparent suicide. So it was announced yesterday afternoon. See, the Bibby Stockholm is more just off of Dorset. Well, it's not just off of Dorset. It's at a port in Dorset, right? And there are asylum seekers being housed there. There are far more people on the barge than should be on the barge. And human rights campaigners have been saying that the conditions on the barge are not fit for human beings. Okay, it was announced yesterday that an asylum seeker uh, passed away there. And now the papers are saying this morning that the young man, believed to have been in his 20s, maybe committed suicide. He was found yesterday by his roommate. Police are investigating the death on the vessel in Portland, Dorset. And it has led again to charity saying that the conditions on the barge are unsafe. Um, people are isolated on there. Um, they've got nothing to do. They have got nowhere to go and they don't have enough support there. Many of them are depressed and suicidal. That is in The Guardian. Anne Salter, speaking for uh, Freedom From Torture, which is a human rights charity, said this latest tragedy is yet another reminder that the government's punitive anti-refugee policies are not only cruel, but they cost lives. Yes. So you have the charity saying this. On the other hand, you have conservative commentators saying, well, they shouldn't be here in the first place, and you know how it works. You know how it goes. These stories are used to foster anger and division because people are quite rightly angry in the UK about how, how you know, uncontrolled immigration impacts on their own opportunities and how it impacts on people fiscally. Of course it does. So they're right to question this. Um... But but there is a human rights angle to it too. Of course there is. So let's leave the papers for now and let's very quickly have a look at the BBC News website and see what the BBC is reporting this morning at 7.20am. Well, it is, of course, reporting on the COP28 draft deal which will call for a global transition away from fossil fuels. But again, the BBC reporting there is a lot of anger from climate campaigners that the text doesn't call for a phase out of 
fossil fuels. The Beeb obviously going big on Rishi Sunak seeing off that Tory revolt. Those rebels who didn't vote against him, but didn't vote for him, or didn't vote with him, I should say. They voted to, well, in fact, they didn't vote at all. They abstained. Yes, what else? Um, there's a warning on the BBC website today. Christmas shoppers may lose £100 million in scams. High Street Bank is warning. Uh, High Street Banks are warning. Trade by the UK Finance, together with trading standards, say people need to be on their guard over the festive period. Scams are being generated by artificial intelligence and therefore enhancing the threat, according to GCHQ. And 25 to 34 year olds are most likely to fall victim to scams this Christmas. The National Cyber Security Centre, part of GCHQ, is warning that cyber criminals are using AI to produce more convincing scam emails, fake adverts, and websites coming after your cash. Okay, so that's the BBC News website this morning. Scammers are coming after your cash. There's also a, an, an amazing video on bbc.co.uk slash news. Um, a video taken on Staten Island Expressway in New York. A video showing cars uh, bringing traffic to a standstill uh, to rescue a chihuahua named Bean who had ran away after being spooked by a pit bull. It's a video that's gone viral. Motorist block road to save runaway Chihuahua. Yeah, it's all Sunak and Rwanda rebels and climate this morning. Um, it's a bit thin, bit light on the ground, the papers today. But that, that has been the papers for Wednesday the 13th of December 2023. Now, I'll be back live on the Richie Allen Show later on at 4 o'clock UK time. The Richie Allen Show is a live programme, of course. I look forward to your company there. So until we get there, uh, I wish you a lovely Wednesday. Have a great day. And remember to share this podcast, if you can, using your social media channels. Until four o'clock then, it is Arrivederci.